It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Don't blink. You just might miss something. Things sure can change in a hurry. Sean Wade on Saturday announcing he is returning to Ohio State for his final season. Good Monday, everybody. I'm Kyle Lamb, your host. Welcome to Locked On Buckeyes. Wade's return. We'll be talking about that here in the podcast. It is a big one. It sure changes the, the chances, the calculus, the math, the arithmetic. Everything changed in a hurry with his decision to return to Ohio State. We'll talk about that. And also, is there another? The possibility of a few grad transfers out there that Ohio State may be taking a look at if they become available. Some already have. We'll tell you who that is and what it could mean for the Ohio State roster in 2020 and what happened to those basketball Buckeyes. I'll tell you if you should panic about the recent two-game losing streak and what might be causing it. Locked on Buckeyes, your daily Ohio State football basketball podcast. We're on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Please tell a friend and family member, spread the good word, the good cheer. We'll be talking Ohio State five days a week for the foreseeable future. We're on Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or simply say, play the Locked on Buckeyes on your smart speakers. Catch me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Catch the show at Locked on Buckeye. We'll be back in a second to discuss Sean Wade. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you don't like the weather in Ohio, just wait 10 minutes. That's that's an old saying that that really does capture the essence of what it's like to live in Ohio. And sometimes fortunes can change just that quickly in sports, too. It wasn't more than a few days ago, Ohio State fans were dreading uh, losing Sean Wade on top of Jeffrey Okuda and Jordan Fuller and Damon Arnett and Chase Young and Malik Harrison, and it looked like the defense was really going to have to overcome a lot for next season, right? It's not that there wasn't talent returning to Columbus next year on the defensive side of the ball, but I think Ohio State fans were rightfully nervous. There was that early game coming up in September next year in Eugene, Oregon, Ohio State, going out west to play Oregon. A, a strong Big Ten schedule as usual. A lot of games, especially in the middle of next season, Michigan State, Nebraska, Penn State, and of course you always have that that game at the end of the schedule. So there was a lot of nervousness because really, in my estimation, the defense had a lot of question marks. I probably was a little more skeptical about next year's defense than most people. Now the offense, I think there are some concerned about the running game. I'm not concerned about that. I think Master Teague is going to be healthy next year. I think you're going to see a very, very good player. Sure, he does not have the explosiveness of J.K. Dobbins, but I have a lot of confidence in him. I have a really uh, a, a great amount of confidence in Marcus Crowley. I've said this on the podcast before. I think Crowley is going to be a great one. And there's still the Jameer Gibbs possibility sitting out there. Of course, Gibbs played in the All-American game this past weekend, looked pretty good. 
I was impressed with him. I know there are some questions about his ability to run between the tackles consistently, whether he can tote the rock 20 to 25 times a game. That remains to be seen. But man, he has a disgusting burst. And there are rumors. I know that there was that Reddit post last week that people saw. It was up momentarily and then got taken down. Whether or not his mother spilled the beans, is he going to be an Ohio State commitment? Is he going to sign in February? I don't know about all that, but I do know that Ohio State's involved. It looks like it, it's going to be an LSU-Ohio State or Georgia Tech battle. He may stick with his Georgia Tech commitment. We'll see what happens with that. But if you add in a Gibbs, you have kind of a thunder-lightning combo, and you really got three different types of backs in that situation because you've got uh, you've got Teague, which is clearly the, the thunder You've got Crowley, which is kind of an all-purpose back, and then you've got the Lightning and Jameer Gibbs, and you can throw in a Demario McCall and Steel Chambers. Bottom line is, long story short, while we wait to see what happens with Jameer Gibbs, the circumstances and the outlook and prospectus really can change in a hurry because the offense, I'm telling you, the offense is going to be legit next year. The run game might take a half a click back just because they don't have J.K. Dobbins, but they're going to have a great running back by committee. They've got an experienced, talented offensive line coming back. The interior of that line, the, the guys that really did the most damage are coming back. Wyatt Davis, Josh Myers, Thayer Mun- Munford is back. NPF, you add in Paris Johnson, who might get in the rotation. Harry Miller is going to be involved next year. That line has a chance to be really, really good. But then on the defensive side of the ball, suddenly... In the click of an eye, in the bat of an eye, the, the, the fortunes changed for the defense. Sean Wade, I, I did a little winky, a little uh, all-seeing eye with two eyes looking on Friday on Twitter, and that was because, because I had heard Sean Wade was back, and I didn't want to spill the beans on that. I didn't want to ruin any decision, but I heard that it was a done deal. Sean Wade, of course, announced Saturday at noon that he is returning. And now all of a sudden everything changed because you have a guy that could be a legit, I've been calling an alpha corner. Now the guy, the first round type of talents that Ohio state has had in the past. And, and Wade did not get a, a draft grade of first round. He actually got a stay in school. The new draft process is either first grade, first round grade, second round grade, or stay in school. Now they get more feedback than just that. Okay. Coaches, uh, guys like, you know, when Ryan Day is looking into the draft process for his underclassmen, he's talking with scouts and GMs and, and various analysts and, and NFL coaches, and he's getting a better idea of, of what the draft situation looks like for a player. Sean Wade was ba- basically getting feedback through Ryan Day that coaches were telling him late second round, third round type of pick. And here's here's the thing. Wade is a first-round talent, but he was playing slot corner, which means he wasn't going up against the number one wide receivers. He wasn't going up against the big 6'3", 6'4", guys. He wasn't going up against the fastest guys on the outside. He was not able to showcase his skills against the NFL receivers, generally speaking. Then you add in the injury late in the year, suffered against Penn State where he was not able to go against Michigan. He played against Wisconsin, but not real effectively. He got exposed a few times, just didn't have one of his better games. Part of that, I think you can chalk up to still being a little, uh, 
a little bit, not not necessarily 100%, okay? I think you can pass the injury off a little bit as, as a mitigating circumstance. And then against Clemson, again, he gets ejected in the second quarter of that game. So the last three games of the season, he just didn't really get to showcase his skills. And I don't know that it would have changed. He may have still have returned. But by announcing that he's coming back for Ohio State, he gets to take take over in that shutdown corner role where he's going up against everybody's best receivers. He has a chance now to make himself one of the top, if not the top corner taken in the NFL draft. And that's significant because if he was being projected, let's say, as, as the end of the second round, it was actually third round or more. But if he was taken even at the end of the second round and by returning, he works himself into the end of the first round or better, he's got a chance to make seven, eight, 10, maybe even 15 to $20 million more through his first contract and bonus. So this is a chance for Sean Wade to really make his impact on the Ohio State defense and give them something that they sorely need. Now with him in the mix, they really only need a couple guys to step up in the those other two corner positions. The, the slot corner, which it looks like they're going to keep, Josh Proctor will probably slide in at safety. But now, out of the opposite corner and the slot corner, I'm high on Cam Brown. That's the guy I think will start opposite of Sean Wade. That's just my opinion. I, it could be a number of guys, but I think Cam Brown has the highest ceiling. Amir Reap, I thought, played pretty well after that, after that initial pass interference penalty against Clemson when he came in. I thought he played well the rest of the game. Reap will be in that role. Uh, certainly, uh, Seven Banks will be in that in that position. He'll be in that rotation, a chance to play. Don't forget about Tyreek Johnson, the redshirt freshman, five-star from Jacksonville, one of Wade's uh, high school teammates. He's going to be involved as well. There are a lot of talented guys in that mix, and now Ohio State only needs two of them to step up. Really, one of them for sure. But since they're probably going to play a slot corner, they probably need two. But that's a lot better outlook than expecting and needing three different young guys to step up. You have a little maneuverability, a little wiggle room now. Sean Wade really changes the complexion. And I'm going to spill the beans on something. I think it's a poorly kept secret. But it appears Kerry Coombs is going to be the next defensive backs coach at Ohio State. It appears that way. Uh, we haven't heard anything, but sometimes what you don't hear is just as important or more important as what you do hear. And if you notice, since Jeff Halfley took the Boston College job, initially there were some various names floating out there as possibilities, as possible replacements for Halfley. But if you haven't noticed, there's been radio silence. There have been no names popping up, and there's usually a reason for that. Ohio State was clearly waiting for the NFL season and the fact that no names have popped up, even if you didn't have any information whatsoever as to who would be replacing Halfley, you could deduce that because no names were popping up, that Ohio State probably had their guy. Of course, the Titans just beat the Patriots this weekend, so there will not be any announcements this week as if it is Kerry Coombs. But I think you can also deduce with Sean Wade returning, he's going to want to know who his, his coach is going to be, right? You don't just want to come back without knowing who's going to be coaching you. But Kerry Coombs was the guy that recruited Sean Wade to Ohio State. And so it makes uh, the comfort level go up dramatically after losing Halfley. And oh, by the way, Kerry Coombs is the guy that recruited Darnay Holmes. You may recall Darnay Holmes 
five-star recruit out of high school from California, went to UCLA. He was in his third season this past year. He was accepted as an invitee to the Senior Bowl later this month, which you would deduce that that means he is going to forego his senior season to go to the NFL draft because you can go to the senior bowl as an underclassman if you're leaving and declaring for the NFL. However, I should point this out that he has not actually declared for the NFL like Sean Wade. He has not been given the feedback he wanted for the NFL draft. So I'm hearing that there is some consideration as to what he will do. He does have a lot of connection to Ohio state. He picked UCLA over Ohio state the first time around There was a lot of belief that he was actually going to pick Ohio State and didn't. But Kerry Coombs, as I said, recruited Darnay Holmes. So there's a connection there. Darnay Holmes still follows Jeffrey Okuda. He's very active with Okuda on Twitter. He's very active active with Sean Wade on Twitter. He's very active with a lot of Ohio State coaches. Not not necessarily like engagements, but he follows a lot of Ohio State coaches. He follows a lot of Ohio State players, past and present. So there is a belief that if Darnay Holmes does not go to the NFL, he would be a grad transfer, and Ohio State is very much on that list as a possibility. I will say this. There is some discussion, well, is it good to take a grad transfer? Do you need a Darnay Holmes? I don't think you need Darnay Holmes, but I think Darnay Holmes is a definite step up from what they have on the roster right now. And I think he's a guy you must take as long as he is a clubhouse guy and he's considered a great kid. I don't think anybody has questions about his personality. I think he'll fit. He's a good worker, a good student. I don't think those questions exist. I think he's a must take. If he goes into the portal, immediately eligible, suddenly Sean Wade and Darnay Holmes, opposite corners for Ohio State, becomes one of the best defenses in the country. That really... As I said, it's the Ohio weather, right? It can change in a hurry. You go from having three new guys to suddenly Wade and Darnay Holmes, two NFL talents, already being thrust into the role. I think you got to do it. If Darnay Holmes goes into the grad transfer portal, he wants to go to Ohio State, you take Darnay Holmes. You just do. It's not that it's a position of need now, but it's it's a luxury that you got to take because he's a clear step up. If he weren't a clear step up, from Brown or Banks or Reap or any of those guys, then yeah, maybe you you just ride with what you have. But Holmes this year, he was not great. He hasn't necessarily lived up to the five-star hype, but he's been a very good corner. This year, he did miss a couple games to start the year. He had an ankle injury. It kind of nagged through his season. He didn't have a great year. That UCLA team was really, really bad. He actually had a really good sophomore year, though. So I think a change of scenery and getting healthy again, Darnay Holmes and Sean Wade would be an excellent tandem. Now, again, just to be clear, I'm not saying Holmes is going to Ohio State. He still has not declared for the NFL draft. There seems to be some indecision there because of the grade he got, because of the feedback. It was not what he wanted to hear. So he's got three options. He could declare. He could return to UCLA for his final season. Or he could return to the return to college, go into the portal and become a grad transfer and be immediately eligible. If he does that latter possibility, if he selects door number three, Ohio State has a really good chance to land him. And there is one more possibility out there. 
as as Star Wars would say, there is another. So I, I was tweeting about this over the weekend. You may have seen Quincy Roche. He's a uh, defensive end from Temple University. He is a monster. Had a great season at Temple this year. 13 sacks, 42 quarterback hurries at Temple, as graded by Pro Football Focus, PFF. He, in fact, of all four three defensive ends in the country that had at least 50% of its team snaps, Quincy Roche was rated number two in the country by PFF grading, behind Chase Young, of course. Now, I'm not saying Quincy Roche is as good as Chase Young. He played in the American Athletic Conference. Certainly the competition's not quite as good. I'm not saying he's Chase Young. He is undersized, which is a concern for the Big Ten. It's a concern in the run game. Now, he graded out great as a run stopper. Actually, he was one of the best run stoppers for four three defensive ends in the entire country, despite his size. So I don't think there's a big concern about that. I think he can still play in the Big Ten. You may not want to run him as a, 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 you know, a three technique every single play in the Big Ten because I think you might wear him down with his size. But he's, he's certainly a versatile enough defender. Ohio State will take a look. There's interest there. He's a guy that can play some linebacker. He can play some three, four technique. You can move him around a little bit like Chase Young. He, he's a very versatile guy, a great pass rusher that also plays the run well. So Quincy Roche, keep an eye on that situation. Ohio State is interested, as is Penn State, Miami. There are a number of teams that will, will recruit this guy. Look, Ohio State starts class today, January 6th, okay? That's Monday, Monday January 6th. They have until January 20th, which is the enrollment census, to get somebody enrolled for spring. Now, there's no rule saying a grad transfer has to be there for spring. You would like to get him in the system for spring practice, but Jonah Jackson didn't enroll till May last year. He was there for summer. You could wait until the summer if you wanted to. So it's not a drop-dead date. It's not like if January 20th comes and goes and, and they're not enrolled in Ohio State, it's like, oh, well, we missed our chance. There's still time. You'd like to get these guys, if they are possibilities, you'd like to get them enrolled as soon as possible. But Quincy Roche, defensive end, Darnay Holmes, corner, both grad transfers, both guys that Ohio State will take a look at. As I said, these things can change in a hurry, change so quickly. All of a sudden, Ohio State has a chance from going from a very inexperienced defense at, at certain spots to all of a sudden maybe adding a Darnay Holmes or maybe adding a Quincy Roche. That really makes Ohio State's defense look like one of the elite teams on paper. They already are going to have an elite offense on paper, but if they can get one or maybe even both of those guys, I think that's a real game changer. I, I'm a big Roche fan. If you haven't watched this kid, he's really, really good. Like I said, second best PFF grade for all four three defensive ends with at least 50% of their snaps this year. He is a monster. I'm not saying he's Chase Young good. He's not a top five NFL pick. Don't, don't get me wrong here. He's not that. But he is a, different, a definite difference maker for Ohio State. So we'll see what happens with Gibbs, Holmes, Roche. A couple other recruits out there that Ohio State is working on is Cam Martinez going to come back in the fold. Still a few bits and pieces here for the Ohio State roster to come together in the next couple of weeks and couple of months. But the prospectus, the perspective, the prospectus 
It's definitely changed. The calculus has changed for Ohio State. Sean Wade returning, definitely a game changer for Ohio State. And now all of a sudden, again, a couple tweaks here, a couple tweaks there, the Ohio State defense may be right back on track to be a national title contender next year. We'll see what happens. Coming up next, what has happened to Ohio State basketball? A few thoughts on that. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm not really going to spend time talking about what happened to Ohio State against Wisconsin on Friday night. If you saw it, you you <laughs> you know what happened. If you didn't see it, then you were probably better off missing out. Let me just say this. So we're going to go big, big picture for a second. Is there something wrong with Ohio State basketball right now? Should you be worried? We spent a lot of time the first month of the season talking about how great Ohio State was playing, and we can't minimize that. We can't discount that. The Ohio State, those games did happen. They did look really good. Some are looking at this and saying, well, they're, they're regressing. They, they peaked too soon. Well, there's still a lot of time left in the season. We're, we're on January 6th on Monday as this podcast is being released. There is still another two months before we get to March. So I, I don't believe in peaking too soon as if you could control that anyhow because there's still plenty of time to get going again. But I will say this. I will address this. They are not playing as well right now. And I think that there's a, a big picture reason a generic reason for that. I, I don't think it's anything Ohio State is doing or not doing right. I think teams are learning the tendencies of Ohio State. They're learning the personnel. They're learning the sets, the scheme. This is something that always happens in college basketball. It's not unique to Ohio State. That's why it's so tough to go undefeated, even if you have a really exceptionally talented team. College basketball is a series of adjustments, okay? We're seeing this with a lot of teams. It's not just Ohio State. We're seeing it with Louisville, where we are seeing it with Michigan. We're seeing it all around college basketball right now. It's something that happens every year, uh, maybe more to some teams than others, but it's just a series of adjustments, okay? Teams have figured out Ohio State. I'll tell you what's going to happen. Ohio State is going to go back to the drawing board, they're going to make a couple changes over the next several weeks. They're going to continue to work on the turnovers because that's really the big problem. Last year, it was a matter of ball handling turnovers. This year, it's passing turnovers. The ball handling is okay. They have a couple point guards that can handle the ball. C.J. Walker is a great ball handler. D.J. Carton generally is a good ball handler. He's playing a little erratic at times, but he's a true freshman. You expect that. The turnovers now are not a matter of ball handlers or ball handling it's just a matter of passing. I mentioned this on the podcast last week. You you have one of two ways of passing. You can pass to a teammate, teammate or you can pass open a teammate. Ohio State is passing without any regard for where the defense is stationed. And that's a problem that's just, it, I don't even know if it's recognition. That sometimes it's just, it's just thinking, being smarter with the ball. And these are not low IQ kids. They're smart basketball players, savvy basketball players. But right now, they're pressing a little too much. They are an unselfish bunch. So, I mean, if you're going to have mistakes like this, it's good to have passing mistakes because it means you're being unselfish. But sometimes you just got to be a little more assertive. You got to be smarter. 
you got to think of the big picture, not just when I have the ball, like what am I doing with it now? It's what am I doing with it next? Ohio State right now, they're penetrating without thinking about their next move. They're passing the ball without thinking about their teammates' next move. That is where things have to get better. It's just repetition. It's just being smart. And I think that's what's wrong with Ohio State. You're going to have off-shooting nights. Like the other night against Wisconsin, they didn't shoot the ball very well. They didn't shoot the ball well against West Virginia. You're going to have nights like that, especially against good defensive teams. West Virginia, by the way, only two losses. They, they suffered their second defeat this weekend against Kansas. They actually led that game for about the first 35 minutes. They played really well in Lawrence. They gave Kansas all they could handle. That is a good West Virginia team. It's a good defensive team. Wisconsin, yeah, their record's not very good. They lost some early games they shouldn't, but they also beat Tennessee by 20. They beat Indiana by 20. They beat Marquette by 17. That's a good Wisconsin team. Despite, despite the record being poor, they have been playing a lot better basketball. So you can, you can handle, you can be okay with having an off night against a West Virginia or a Wisconsin. There's no harm in that. That's not a shame. Ohio State lost to a top 20 West Virginia team. That's not a bad loss, folks. Don't say, I saw some people calling that a garbage loss. It's not. West Virginia is a top 20 team. It's not a bad loss. It's just Ohio State is had a couple off shooting nights. That's going to happen. But they're turning the ball over too much. You take away those turnovers, those, those are two wins right there. If they cut down on the turnovers, that's a win on a neutral floor against a good West Virginia team, and that's a win at home against Wisconsin in the Big Ten. They just need to cut down three, four turnovers a game, and that's a big difference. You can you can handle an off night if you don't turn the ball over so much. So college basketball, it's a series of adjustments, okay? There's still a lot of time. Ohio State will adjust to the adjustments. This is how the game is played. Remember last year, they went through the same lull around the new year. They, they were playing really bad basketball around that time. But they got things in gear. Of course, then Caleb had the suspension, and they, they lost some games again down the stretch, but they were able to get him back and play well at the end of the year. This is going to happen this year. They're going to be fine. It's a series of adjustments. It's a good basketball team. It's a top 10 team. I still believe that. I really do. In fact, I don't know if you saw this, but before the game on Friday, Ohio State uh, actually in futures odds is the, uh, a top five team as far as chances to win a national title. So they're a top five, top 10 basketball team. Folks, don't panic yet. They have a really tough schedule. They're going through a little bit of a slump. But I believe in Chris Holtman. I believe Ohio State will get things together. And this is going to be a fun basketball team to watch down the stretch. There are a lot of landmines in the Big Ten. It's not going to be easy. There will be some losses coming. No denying that. But Ohio State will get things together. They'll be playing better basketball. Stick with it. If you haven't watched this team all year and you're probably tuning in late because you're not a big-time basketball fan, give it some time because I know this is not the team that you were hearing about back in November and early December, but I promise that team still exists. Just need some time to adjust to the adjustments. Ohio State basketball, Tuesday night, we'll be playing against Maryland. I'll preview that game tomorrow a little more in-depth. That's a good Maryland team that Ohio State will be taking on. Should be a fun one. That is going to do it for Locked on Buckeyes. Thanks for giving us a listen. As I said, more basketball coming up. We'll continue to monitor the grad transfer market. We'll look at where Ohio State can tweak the roster and what may be coming ahead. Please tell a friend or family member about the Lock on Buckeyes podcast, your daily Ohio State football and basketball podcast. 
We're on Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more of your favorite third-party platforms. Catch me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Catch the show at Buckeye. Thanks for giving us a listen. We'll be back on Tuesday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 